Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Aaron. Joining me for the first time in a long time is my buddy, Reno. Reno, how you doing tonight? I'm sorry. I, I didn't bring my copy to do the MeUndies ad. Can we do that later? <laughs> Definitely. But uh, while I've got you here, let's talk about Audible book. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Ryan, how are Hold you on, doing I, th- I think tonight? that's my Postmates order. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. It's good to have... Uh... The third uh, member of the podcast back in the gang. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, back from the throes of, of parenthood and illness. I don't know if many caught that, but that was an X-Files reference, I think, at the beginning there. You know what okay. You know what makes for good TV? We're rusty. Is Tottenham beating Arsenal 2-0 in the North London Derby. Oh, what a great segue. Guys, has it sunk in yet? Like, how are we feeling about this? I know, personally speaking, I, it was so routine and so stress-free for the most... I mean, besides just my normal stomach pain in the morning of the game, so relatively stress-free that it, it just hadn't even sunk in. It didn't even feel like a derby. Like, it was just insane. What did you think, Ryan? Uh, I'm pretty excited. I don't know if you can tell. Uh, I don't know. I was kind of... Uh, kind of on the fence in the morning whether we'd pull through or not but uh we just bossed them basically the whole game uh yeah and you know what i'd like to see it i was kind of surprised that uh that we had that lineup out there but i don't know poach does what he's doing and just he made he made arson wagger look stupid uh yeah, Enjoyable. we'll come on to the, some of the lineup issues or, or our concerns with it, I guess, in a second. But, uh, Reno, how are you feeling? We ended 22 years of pain and suffering. Kind of anticlimactic, actually. It does feel like that, right? But I mean, we're not depending on Newcastle to win. We're not depending on us having to, to win at Newcastle. We're not depending on Newcastle, and that, so that's one of the weirder, weirder parts, I guess, of it. It's just maybe it's because Arsenal have been kind of pathetic this season, and I was expect. I mean, I was terrified when the game started, and I was terrified through most of the first half. But when Arsenal just sort of lay down and and let Tottenham run all over them, I don't know. It's just it, maybe like next next week I will feel. A, a surge of pride and energy and I'll go around dancing, but like it's, a, it's an amazing moment and I felt really good about it, but I don't know. Maybe we just are not used to having nice things. We're not. I mean, I think that is, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a dead given for, for Spurs fans. Something I want to mention is the birth of our new playmaker, Victor Wanyama. I don't think he's new, per se. Well, he's our new playmaker. I mean, he's just been a, a defensive midfielder up until this point. But uh, my man was springing attacks. He looked fantastic on and off the ball. What did you think of his performance, Reno? My favorite part was when he discovered the outside-of-the-foot pass. Uh, he did one. He did a really great one down the down the sideline to Sun, and it worked so well that he decided that he was just going to do that every time he had an opportunity for the rest of the game. 
I'm still upset that that outside of the foot pass to Kane didn't end in a goal because it would have been just an amazing run of play. That were, were two of his, the best passes he's made all season, and it was clear that he was like, oh my god, I can do this. Oh, I'm going to do it again. Oh man, this is amazing. It was I just, just I really, so the best, best part would have been if he threw a Deli Alley temper tantrum uh, when Kane didn't score. Yeah. As if he'd like laid it on a plate for him, which he kind of did, and, and Kane just Kane's first touch. It was bad. Or it if yeah. he uh, pulled out some spaghetti and threw it at Theo Walcott. Can you imagine if he had a if he had like a, a goal or assist celebration that involved just, just pulling spaghetti out of his yeah, socks? Exactly. <laughs> Wet spaghetti or dry spaghetti? Dry spaghetti, obviously. Aaron, what are we heathens? <laughs> well, I mean, his picture, you know, that he keeps his meme is dry spaghetti. Yeah, I don't think. I feel so. like if he had. If he had dry spaghetti in his socks, it would not last. It would, yeah. It would be. It would, it would just, be wet spaghetti it, by the end of it. It would. It would, well, it would be a lot of crumbs. Yeah. Um, but for real, who who was your man of the match for this one, Ryan? Jan Vertonghen, all day. Yes, same, same. Uh, he was. He needs a goal. Incredible. He needs a goal. He had some. He wanted that goal so bad. He had some really good shots. He should have had two of them. Yeah. Like he, he had, had two. He great had the shots thirst. You could just see it on his and face. He was he was boss. He had in the back too. He had the little smirk when he like turned after the after checks like hella saved that very low shot to the outside of the post, yeah. and he was just like, "Well, not gonna happen today." But my honorable mentions go to Delhi and Christian Eriksson. Uh, Erickson was yeah, you awesome know, again. I was kind of harping on him at the beginning of the season, but the past like three quarters of the season, he's been unstoppable. Uh, and his, I don't know, he just set that goal up. And Delhi just, I don't know, he's a running machine, and he's just like, I'm not going to stop. I saw a picture in on Twitter the other day, and it was. Um, who's going to get to this ball? And it was Delhi running at it, and you see Mezet Ozil in the background with his hands on his hips, like, "What can I do here?" Uh, and it just shows how how good these guys are. Uh, it was amazing. Sorry, I took away from all of you. Man of the matches for you guys. No, it's great. I uh, I definitely agree with uh, Vertonghen. He's just been incredible for me this season. Reno, who was your man of the match? You know who was not the man of the match? You know who was who was terrible? Who's that? Christian Eriksson. Ah, <laughs> just kidding. What? What a bottle job that guy is. <laughs> you know, I mean, I do kind of feel bad for him because these these performances mean that he's probably going to be stuck with Tottenham Hotspur for the rest of his career, and he's never going to be able to get out. That is sad. Because who's going to want him, right? Yeah. I mean, Barcelona's not going to want him. He's terrible. He's definitely not going to La Liga. Do, that, do, that, do you think? Do you think that worked? Um, you know, I don't think the Barcelona president listens to this podcast. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he might be one of our three listeners, but I'm just not convinced that he is. No, it's that's just that's just Sam. That's just Sam. Um, I'm gonna have to go ahead and disagree with Reno here. <laughs> Sam Speaking doesn't of, listen to uh, someone had to. Sam doesn't listen Speaking to Speaking of <laughs> of Erickson, you know, I will say that I think that in the first half 
Arsenal did a decent, not good, but decent job of keeping him and Ali relatively quiet, even though our two best chances of that half came from Christian and Delhi, but they were kind of moments of magic more than, you know, with the run of play. Um, but I think second half, we kind of changed systems slightly and they just didn't know where to track guys. And I mean, we were just all over them. Well, it's, it's funny. It's a trademark of Spurs and it's also on the other side, a trademark of Arsenal. Spurs just have this thing where they score in bunches. Mm -hmm. They get a goal and then they're just right on top of you again and they get another one. And with Arsenal, as soon as they give up a goal, you can just see them deflate. And you know you're going to get another one. Spurs used to be like that, but we are not like that anymore. Thank God. We are not like that anymore. <clears throat> we only give up one stupid goal per game. Yeah. And but even now, this- some sometimes not at all. I can't believe I never thought I'd see the day that our goalkeeper had the most clean sheets in the league. Just never. Just never thought I would see that. Um, yeah. And we're undefeated at the lane. Uh this year yeah i'm still hesitant to talk about that at length but do you think that it's it's the it's the final season at white hart lane that that's playing that's playing a part in this the way that west ham played up the it's our final season at upton park last season it's possible i mean i don't know there is something to be said for how fucking pony we've been at wembley compared to white hart lane did you just say? Pony? But I mean, do you do you think like the fans are? He did say pony. Do you yeah. think that it's the the way that the fans are are reacting to the team is different? I don't know. Last year seemed to be really good at home. Yeah, we didn't lose it. I mean, we only lost uh, what Southampton at home and Leicester at home last season. Yeah. Is that I all I can think, think of? So, but, sure. For for this narrative's sake, we can say that. Um, we've been steadily better at home than we were under AVB and Sherwood. So, I mean, it could be, it could be that we have just an amazing defense. I suppose fan base could have something to do. I mean, it definitely could have something to do with it being the last season of the lane. I like that narrative. And so that's a narrative that I buy into, but what do you think, Reno? It seems, it seems to be weighing on your mind. No, I think it's, I mean, it's a convenient narrative. Yeah, it's an easy narrative, and it's a comforting sure. narrative. Well, but, I mean, psychologically, there may be some component yeah. in that, in the the focus the team has and yeah. concentration, and the fans are doing less moaning than they might be otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it's all going to end when, when we play United, so... Yeah. That's where I'm at. But um, let's, let's let's not let's not entertain that possibility. No. Yeah. Uh, but they're a good team and good teams are usually better at home than they are away. Yeah. So Do you remember the you, first you season under expect a good team to win most of their home games? And, Do you remember the first season under Potch we were like the best team on the road and one of the worst teams at home and now that's like shifted very drastically? Yeah. Yeah, the I mean the most of the worst performances they've had have been away. But. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, so anybody else have any high points about the Arsenal game? I'm still, it's still sinking in for me. I, I'm, I'm like so pumped about it. And I was so nervous about the game. And then I just have been on kind of like a steady high since that game. And like nothing, nothing can get me down, even though we're fixing to talk about a little bit of stuff that could get me down, I guess. I was surprised 
uh, Xhaka didn't have a red card. He didn't even get carded, I don't think. Which he should which have. I found surprising. I mean, <laughs> but uh, he got hauled off, though. He got hauled off pretty early, right? I think in the second half. I think it was yeah, sixty some odd minutes in. Here's the thing that I keep continue to let you would think that after this this meme would be old three years later, but I still giggle at people saying, "Oh, I didn't know Ozil was playing." I still, I, I did, still laugh. Yeah. He was. I did that. He was so invisible, and it's like still that meme is hilarious to me. Yeah, I don't think I heard his name really on the telecast. He had the ball oh. out wide right, and I thought he was going to get a cross in, and instead he hit it right into Wanyama's feet, <laughs> and that was like the only time I noticed him in the game. Yeah. I was watching with my father, and about twenty minutes in, I definitely turned to him and said. Oh, Ozil's flying. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he, he humored me because he's my father and he has to. But uh, um, you know, it's it's funny because in the broadcast they went on about it at one point about having passengers on your team, and how and then they zoomed into Ozil, <laughs> and they zoomed into Ozil, and the idea that like if you have a player like that, the rest of the team has to do that much more work to compensate. And to some degree, that's overblown and it's not fair. But on a team like Tottenham, he absolutely wouldn't last five minutes. Mm-mm. Because the role yeah. he would be expected to play is the one that Erickson plays. Which is one of and, the hardest working roles on the team next to the fullbacks. Right. And it, I mean, it's, it's a shame that Erickson is so terrible that he'll never leave. But uh, in, in terms of the amount of, of physical work that he does, uh, Ozil would die. Yeah. I forget where I read it, but it was making a comparison between the two, calling both of them luxury players. Um, but right, which is totally a case of someone who hasn't watched Erickson play a single game all season. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then they went on to say, for Erickson's case, that he was doing the pressing, he was tracking back. Like that's not something a luxury player does. <laughs> uh, no. no, no, but it's not just yeah. he doesn't just do it like as a token, no. like oh, I have to run back and forth. He actually he's a cog. In I mean, the it's machine. actually effective. Yeah. He's a cog in the Tottenham he's machine. He's so aggressive. Yeah, he's a huge part of our press. Um, no, I mean everybody played really well. I want to give special mention to Ben Davies, who has he'll never be Danny Rose. And I've come to terms with that. And he still makes a boneheaded error every now and then. But he's got this cool... And he played like kind of out of his skin in that Arsenal game, in my opinion. But he's kind of got this cool playmaker thing going on on that left wing. That he like kind of comes up to midfield and adds another midfielder. And allows the midfielder to push forward more. And so it plays... The system plays a lot different. A lot... Yeah, a lot different than it would with Danny in there, but I'm kind of coming around on it. Like I still don't I still like prefer the 3-4-3 with Rose and Walker on the wings. But he's been playing really well, and I kind of have to give credit where it's due because I have been hypercritical of him in the past. Rose by any other name? Yeah. What did you guys think of uh uh Kieran Trippier? 
he's definitely a lot better than he was earlier this season. Yeah, I mean, he didn't, you know, he wasn't playing Watford, so he wasn't amazing. But I thought he, I thought he handled himself pretty well. The only thing that, that uh, grinded my gears was his crosses were horrible. It's like that's your thing, man. Like, why are you? Why, why can't you get a cross in? He's. Well, maybe he was focused on actually doing everything else for once. Yeah, there you go. And he was hanging out well, with that Erickson. leads me. That uh, is my, my half-hearted segue into the lineup was a little different. Yeah. Uh, and is leading some to some speculation that Walker is on his way out. What do you think of this rumor, Ryan? Don't leave me, Kyle. Don't do it. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't want it to be true. Uh, yeah, I get there might be some friction there, but uh, I don't. I like the idea of bringing in Trippier for big games to kind of get him to a point where he can deputize when needed. Um, maybe Walker is kind of. I wouldn't say not fit, but maybe he's feeling the effects of a longer season and uh, rotating him out is probably the best thing for him right now Uh, and giving Trippier big games to kind of uh, shore up his confidence and uh, make sure that he's ready to be called upon if needed is something that has to happen. Uh, Yeah. It, it's something that I, I think we'll know more after uh, Friday, the West Ham game. Like, I think whoever starts that one, I think that'll be a really big indicator about kind of where Walker lies and Potch's plans. But um, I wouldn't really begrudge him that move as long as it wasn't to a team below us. I mean, that's kind of the dumb part that I'm seeing. Uh, and I don't think Levy will sell. What are you thinking, Reno? Well, we were talking about this before we started recording. I've got I've got some thoughts on this. Um, for, well, first thought is that there are about 18 teams in the league below Tottenham right now. Yeah. So uh, for him to want to leave, I think if that I mean if that is the case, he's 26. So this is his chance to get his big contract, and if he goes to a place like City. He's yeah. looking at doubling or even possibly tripling his salary. He's 27 at the end so, of the month. Yeah. Okay. So this this is his big chance. And if, you know, it's about money, then you sort of understand it. If it's about this rumored disagreement with Pochettino about his playing time, uh, what's strange to me is that yeah. I think you have to rotate fullbacks that a fullback in a Pochettino team can't play 50 or 60 games a season. But it, but the games in which you choose to rotate matter. So if choosing between Trippier and Walker, I don't want Trippier playing against Arsenal or Chelsea or playing in the Champions League. I want Walker to be playing those games and Trippier to be playing the games against <laughs> Swansea and Burnley and well, obviously Watford because he was designed in a lab to play against Watford. But, and, and I'm I going on on this, but my, my other thought about this is 
if the team is okay with the idea of Walker leaving because they're so confident in Kieran Trippier, that kind of concerns me. So they should be looking for a better backup for Walker. Or if Walker's leaving, an upgrade an upgrade on Trippier to replace, replace Walker, that. not slotting Kieran Trippier into the starting wingback position and then finding another backup. So I'm a little nervous about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's something I can't stress out about until we really see it in action. Uh, there's been a lot of stress about Tottenham's recruitment and complaints and concerns and blah, blah, blah. And I just, it's just going too good right now for me to, to waste my, my negative, that negative energy, you know, like I'm just, this season has been just dope as fuck and it's really hard. I'm just going to enjoy it until, you know, June or July, whenever, you know, our entire first 11 leaves like the newspapers say they are. And then I'll start worrying. Well, it would would be kind of a shame if Walker at the end of this season is not, not really a part of all of these cool things that are happening because, you know, he got a fight with the coach. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the, here's my logical side. We've seen Pochettino fall out with so many players that I can't even really count them. It was always eventually going to happen to one of our better players. It was always, I mean, it's just, you're either in or you're out. And at some point, one of our best players was going to say, well, I'm out. And I hate that that's Kyle Walker because in my opinion, Pachas turned him from kind of an inside joke to the best fullback in the Premier League, if not one of the best fullbacks in Europe. And so it's like, it seems like he would see, you know, the grass isn't always greener. I've got a great coach that, you know, has really turned my talents into something. But, you know, he's not, he's not a Tottenham fan. Like, he's not from Tottenham. If he wants a big move... I won't really hate him for it as long as he handles it professionally and not like throws a temper tantrum and refuses to play and refuses to go on preseason tour or something like that. I can't really like fault the guy for it. I would rather see him go overseas, Bayern, Barcelona, something like that. And, you know, to a team that can win the champions league. I mean, going to city to play for that bald fraud is not really a step up. Going to United to play in Europa League is not really a step up. So it's like, I just want to see him make the correct career choice here. Because if he goes to City or United, you know it's just about the money. Because we've got something going on that those teams do not have going on. And the other layer to it, of course, is that any team that comes in for Kyle Walker is going to be leaving with a limp. Dealing with Daniel Levy. Yeah, I mean, I just like... Seventy? You think seventy million is what we would sell? The I mean, I would a, not be shocked if that rival. was the first uh, number that Levy writes on the napkin before he pushes it across the desk. I mean, there's no way we let him go for less than forty to a Premier not. League team. There's just no, no way. You're not, tacking not this market ten or fifteen million pounds on the fee at, at the beginning to go to a, to go to another English team. Yeah. Yeah, I think well, 
I saw fifty million was the figure being bandied about. But that's yeah, I that's think, probably. I don't think it's gonna go. I think it's all just. Uh, I think it's all just. Uh, well, he might not get sold. He might tell them that he does yeah. want to leave, and they say no. But but if, but Pochettino, yeah. if Pochettino yeah. says you're out, then then he's out, and they've then learned that and lesson in recent years that there's no more. Uh, Aurelio Gomez like 10 years after you see him play you realize he's still on the team like that's that just doesn't happen anymore yeah, so that's not gonna happen if Pochettino doesn't have a place for him in the squad then he's then he's leaving but I I think they can come to some sort of compromise on his playing time and maybe give him a new contract and and keep him around I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see that either He just signed a new contract this year. He has not, no. I don't think he's one of the the people who's been renewed. I think he was. Yeah, but they're doing the new contracts like every six weeks now. So he, yeah, yeah, it's really hard to keep. I think up he's with. on seventy thousand a week, which is on the lower end of all our players. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't. I was telling Ryan this before Pod, but I don't really ever quite believe what the media says our players earn because there's just so many mixed numbers. I mean, if you were to believe Jack Pitt Brook, Erickson makes $25,000 a week. And if you were to believe, you know, whoever else he makes 150. So it's like, I don't know. I just can't, I'm sure it's the truth is somewhere in there, but there's just, there's so much misinformation with the, our salary structure and our wage structure and it's so hard to say, but sure, if he's earning seventy or even a hundred, yeah, sure, he could double that easily. Or easily. triple that to go play in Europa League under Mourinho. If that sounds like fun, if that sounds like a good time. Go ahead. Well, Kyle. if he thinks he's Get actually going to be playing in those games, you know, or playing in playing in big yeah. games, obviously, yeah, obviously, he doesn't want to be playing in Europa League yeah. games. But if his yeah, I mean, I can definitely see the rub. Like, if you thought you were going to be playing Champions League and here comes Kieran Trippier. But also, bro, you've had hella injury problems for most of your career at Tottenham. I can understand the coach being like, hey, this is a position that runs for 90 full minutes. Maybe maybe take a break. Maybe take a day off. Looking forward to Kieran yeah. Trippier starting wing back. Well... Back up. Wing I, back. I mean, I don't like hate him, and maybe it's like Davies. The more time he gets, the better he's going to get. But I do agree with you, Reno. If we sell Kyle Walker, we need to bring in someone who we right. know is every bit as good as Kyle and Walker that's, and not like I mean, project. that's hard. So, like, ideally, they it's don't really hard. sell him. Yeah. And it's... it. Yeah. That, the, the dream is that we keep the team together for one more year. Yeah. And but, I mean, there are, there are positions that we know they, they still and, need to... to buy more players for but if if your worry is backup wing back as opposed to starting wing back which is like the most important position on the team you know you'd much rather much rather be shopping for a backup yeah. than having to replace your starter don't worry Definitely. eric eric lamella is going to come in and at, solve at right wing back yeah yep at sevilla he's going to sevilla i mean no, he's going to have 
Don't you dare. Solve our problems there. Don't you dare. Um, You're a horrible person. <laughs> to wrap it up, let's end on let's end on a positive note here, guys. We're going to win the league, yeah. right? Maybe. Yeah. I have a conspiracy theory. Hit me with it. I love it. Does it involve chemtrails? <laughs> it might involve chemtrails, but All it right. involves Mourinho getting one over on Chelsea and just sandbagging it. Just putting out a crap team and just mm-hmm. sandbagging it. If we're anywhere close, just yeah, to stick it to think, Abramovich. That doesn't sound like Jose, the Jose Mourinho we we know and hate. Oh, he's a spiteful man. Yeah, I mean, no, that that is true, but I just don't see him. You heard like, it here he first. Has an e- his ego first, though. And so I don't see him doing that. But what I could see happening is the fluoride in Chelsea's water causing him to drop points. That's a conspiracy theory. Oh, that's not even that good. No. My concern with the the title is I do want to win the title. Uh, It's a hot take, I guess. But um, I think that Everton is bad, and they were bad and lost very badly and that was kind of the hardest game Chelsea has the rest of the year. They have like three Aren't or you, four home uh, games in a row. Excited to rely on already relegated Sunderland to save the day. David Moyes is doing us a solid. You know you know what would be awesome for real is Bournemouth and Sunderland getting a win against Chelsea. One because I like Bournemouth and two because those Sunderland guys, they've just had a bad season, and it would be great for them to win. And it would be so funny if that relegated side caused us to win the title after usually relegated sides cause us to lose fourth place or so something. So Gar- Gareth Bale makes a deal with Eden Hazard, which allows uh, mm-hmm. Hazard to complete his move to Real Madrid in the summer, but only if he tanks the season so that... Bale's old team Tottenham. That's more like a conspiracy. Mm. What? There's a lot of snakes on this plane. So. That's a lot of snakes on that plane. I don't really like that. (laughs) I don't like that theory. I don't like to rely on Gareth Bale for anything. Also, I think he's in a wheelchair right now. To boarding a plane? Is that what you're getting at? What is the snakes on a plane reference? I'm sorry. Yeah, he can't. Sorry, I just don't like Gareth Bale. Um, I'm not saying it won't. I'm saying I think it's very unlikely. I think we get second place, and I think I'm going to be pretty happy with second place. It is frustrating that for two years in a row, there's been these weird unstoppable teams that no one except us knows how to beat all of a sudden. Well, we didn't even beat Leicester, I guess, but we did beat Chelsea this year. And then they've dropped points since then, but they went on that crazy run, and that's why we can't catch them. And we We've had like seven weeks without Kane where we could barely score goals. Yeah, dude, it's amazing. It's just amazing. And so we're fixing to, if we win the rest of our games, which in our current form, I'm not going to say we won't, it'll be like our best the second best run in Premier League history or something like that outside of the... Yeah, we tied the record. I also saw a stat is that we have 
15 yeah. more points than any which other team over the past two seasons. Dumb. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. No. Two years. Yeah. They don't give a trophy for that. No. Yeah, they don't give like a double trophy for that. That seems like a bigger trophy. Because we played two seasons of football to... and won it. But no, they don't give a trophy for that. I don't know. Like, I'm bummed out. But, you know, here's my hope. Here's my hope. We close the gap from 12 to 4. If we could close the gap from 4 to 1, anything could happen. I'm not going to get my hopes up over it. I'm not going to get depressed over it like I did last season. It would be dope if it happened. Just kidding. It's going to happen. I think We're it's going to happen. It's, it's totally happening. It's happening. All right, guys. Anything else before we... Before we go, um, the transfer talk that we were going to do in this section might get heated. And Reno is about to die from allergies. So let's save that for the next pod when we can do a bright big overview and we'll know more about Kyle Walker and we can speculate some more on that. How's that sound? Yeah, we can can talk about... Kevin Vimmer another time. We can talk about Kevin Vimmer another time. That's the Pochettino's motto. Well, Pochettino's <laughs> motto is probably who? Yeah. Poor Kev. Poor Kev. He he was so so good last season too. Uh, anything else before we wrap up, guys? This has been a, a a nice little short, sweet, celebratory podcast. Exactly what we needed after this crucial victory that felt like a routine 2-0 win. Yeah, over I think we should, before we go, just emphasize uh, how cool and amazing it is that we canceled St. Totteringham's Day. Yeah, we did Ourselves, it. Like, single-handed. Like, we showed up. We did it. We didn't have to rely on anybody. We didn't the ex- bottle the exact, it. Like, it's the amazing. Exact, I can't get uh, over it. Conflux of events. I don't think that's a <laughs> word. Uh, confluence of events where normally Spurs fans would go, oh, we're absolutely going to screw this up. And not only did they not screw it up, they just casually walked it without even really caring. It was amazing. And we, I mean, I can't tell you how nervous I was about losing to them at our last game at White Hart Lane because the club, like all of a sudden decided it was the best idea to make a huge deal out of it at like the last the week leading into it, and I was like, "Oh and no!" You, don't and do you this know the Arsenal now. players like, had their selfies you know. already pre-planned. Oh yeah, but yeah. we didn't happen. The boys showed the boys up. Showed Wenger, up. Wenger walked out in his post-game interview. I saw that Ozil kicked a, a wall or something. I read that he told his. Uh, apparently, he got random drug tested and. He told the doctor to fuck off. Everything's coming up roses. What a day. What a day to be alive. I like Sunday was such a solid day after that. Like it was just one of those and days. I never it's coming from else. Aaron. <laughs> I'm super surprised. I know. It was weird. Hey man, I've you know, I've been like I haven't gotten a podcast like I I've been in mostly good spirits. What the cup? cup I don't know what you're hurt talking about. a little bit. I I really wanted that, and I thought we were gonna do it. And I, yeah, I've blocked it out too. 
um, that's the only time that I've really gotten super bummed out since the Champions League stuff. But, um, yeah, we've just been unstoppable. We've just been a joy to watch. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about Wembley. We're not talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we will save that nope, nope, nope. for the next one. We'll see you save again in 2019. Boys, it's been so much fun. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, we'll see. You. We'll see you again next year. Um, hopefully, it'll be a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to promise anything, but uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. You can, as usual, find us on Twitter at subject to a med. If you need anything, hit us up there. Reno. Good night. Say good night. God bless. Fake news. Ryan, say good night. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to tip your waitress. Bye.